0: Well, thank you for tuning in today to Viewpoints, the official podcast of Crestview. I'm here with Dr. John Gerlock, and we have a very special guest today, uh, Pastor Robbie, and we'll be getting into that here in a second. But we are currently in our series Setbacks, and we're here just discussing a little bit about in depth of what that means and kind of how we deal as pastors. And I think
1: I think we need to stop right there and just say what the really important part of what about Robbie, and that is that he is. Sarah's dad. He is Sarah's dad. <laughs> okay. he is Sarah's that is dad. the most important part, and Sarah told me to say that, so uh, uh, I need I need to make sure we say that, just up front. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean that.
0: No, that's perfect. Sarah Sarah's there. dad, there you go. That's actually probably a better intro for you, yeah, Sarah's yeah, dad. there you go. Well, Sarah we are, Lester, just to be clear. Lester, Sarah Lester. Lester. Most yeah. days,
2: that's the better part. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we are in our current series, Setbacks, and again, we're just so excited for the listener today to kind of tune in and just really talk about some issues that are kind of um, tough to talk about. So, uh, Pastor Robbie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us an intro about your life.
2: Well, uh, I've been married now for nearly 41 years. I have three kids, of which Sarah, of course, is, is one, one of them. Of three. <laughs> one. Okay. And i uh, been in the ministry for over 40 years. And wow. um, I was a youth pastor. I've been an education pastor, senior pastor, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's been quite a ride.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, we are so excited just to kind of dive in. And I know that we have some questions, some hard questions, and that I know that obviously you've been in ministry for 40 years, uh, which congratulations on that. I know that's an award in and of itself. But uh, John, do you want to open this up?
1: Yeah. Robbie, tell us a little bit about, or we are so glad you are with us today. Tell us a little bit about some of just, we're talking about these setbacks and Mm -hmm. how God can turn those into comebacks, but we all have setbacks. So, what what would be some things that come to your mind about your life and what you've experienced when it comes to setbacks? Well, the thing the thing that I have experienced and and come to
2: realize is that even as a pastor, um, you know, sometimes pastors get put on a pedestal. Absolutely. I mean, that's just reality, yeah. and it, they shouldn't be, but that's just the way it is sometimes. And people don't think that we have setbacks or hard times right. like regular folks, I guess. Yeah. However you
0: want to put that. Yeah, we're different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, so to speak. But um, but that's not true. I mean I, I've I've had just about everything short of a terminal illness (laughs) that you can have in my life or in the life of my family. Uh, I think back to 1989, which is a long time ago, but Mm -hmm. 1989 is what what my family affectionately refers to as the year from hell. Mm -hmm. Um, My daughter, Sarah, who we were kind of kidding about a while ago, uh, was paralyzed. She was two years old. She was paralyzed. Uh, we weren't sure if she was going to live. Uh, my dad died of cancer that year. Um, my, uh, I I got fired from my job Mm -hmm. from a church, Mm -hmm. um, which is a whole story in itself. And, and the list just goes on and those Mm -hmm. were the highlights. (laughs) Yeah. The list goes on and on. And, uh, and it, it was just a few years later that I found out that I struggled with depression, which I had for years. And, was afraid to admit it you know so i I think that setbacks are something that everybody experiences and it's just a matter of how you deal with them and i've dealt with them poorly in some cases and very well in other cases absolutely but that determines i think the direction
0: you go john i'm going to jump in here so i know that you talked about um you feel like sometimes people put pastors on a pedestal, Mm -hmm. which obviously is true. I think everyone at this table can agree with that. Um, How was it dealing with that and being able to still lead a family? Um, because I know that a lot of times we don't have one of those jobs where we can just leave our work at work. Right. We have to bring that home and we right. live it out. And that's one of, the, one of the funny things. I think my first job, I was hired as a part-time associate. And the pastor's like, well, we're hiring part-time on paper, but you're actually full-time in yeah. ministry. No such so, thing as part-time. Exactly. So can you dive into a little bit how you you know, was able to juggle that?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what helped me as much or maybe more than anything, and that was my wife grew up in a pastor's family. Mm-hmm. So she knew. I didn't because I, I, I was inexperienced, but she knew. And, and she helped me more than anything mm-hmm. to to try to deal with the pressure, bringing stuff home yeah. and all that. You know, there were times when people would tell me things in confidence, and I couldn't tell her, and she knew that. Sure. And, and she was okay with that. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, Some wives have struggled with that.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and And yet, you're right. You can't just leave it. At the church, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an accountant, you could probably leave it at the office or something. Yeah. But you can't leave it at the church because it is part of your life. It's part of who you are, and that's probably what led me to realize that depression was part exactly. of my life because exactly. I couldn't just let go. You of couldn't it. run away from it. I couldn't yeah. run away from yeah. it, yeah. and um, it, it took a long time to get there. And it took my health to just crater before I realized that that was the case. But there wasn't any way to walk away from it. At least I didn't think there was. Now, there's things you can do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it at the time.
1: Yeah, Robbie, I I think to follow up a little bit, i think for the listener there's some folks that might be dealing with something like depression Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or burnout and that sort of thing what would you tell them as far as uh one of the key things about they have it but it's kind of like almost like you're ashamed Mm -hmm. yeah so right so what what would be a word you you would give to somebody (laughs) who might be listening who's dealing with that or know someone who's dealing with that
2: well, you know, everybody gets depressed from time to time. You know, you, an experience or something happens, but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is what doctors call clinical depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get into it and you 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 can't get away from it. Uh, it's not like you get depressed over um, um, somebody in your family maybe who passes away, but you you learn to deal with it and you move on. This is something that. Grips your life. So It's
1: not just circumstantial. It's, it's not just, just
2: circumstantial. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I, you know the the funny thing is, my wife knew I was depressed long before I did. Yeah. For for several years, she would ask me, "Do you think you're depressed?" And I'd kind of bow up a little bit and yeah. say, "No, no, no. I'm I'm the guy who helps people who are depressed." Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it finally took my health to to just literally crater. And having to go to my doctor, who is also a friend of mine, a Christian, mm-hmm. and after running all these tests, he he said, "There's nothing wrong with you," and that kind of made me mad, actually. And I, I said, "What do you mean? I mean, I've got fever. I feel bad. <laughs> I can't get out of bed. I'm just all this kind of stuff." And he said, uh, "He said, well, I can I can go get my list of questions and." talk to you, you know, ask you these questions, or you can just admit what the real problem is. And I said, well, what what is it? He said, you're depressed. Wow. And when he said that, it's like this huge weight got lifted off my shoulders Mm. because I could admit Mm -hmm. what the real problem was. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, he put me on some medication. He said, this medication's not going to... uh, Solve your problems. It's just going to help you to emotionally and physically get to the point you can deal with what got you here. Mm. And uh, and it did temporarily, but I have discovered that was over 30 years ago. I've discovered that depression has probably been a part of my life all my life. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I was predisposed to it, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I'm on medication now. I will be, I'm sure, for the rest of my life. But that's okay mm-hmm. because uh it, it it simply helps me in a chemical sort of way cuz depression's a chemical thing in your brain yeah and uh, it just helps me stay level make good decisions you know or I can make good decisions and, and and all that kind of stuff people look at depression and I was this way at first people look at depression and think I can't let anybody know mm. yeah because they'll think I'm crazy right or they'll think I'm suicidal yeah And some people with depression are suicidal. I never was, fortunately. but um, And yet, part of the real therapy of uh, of depression is admitting it and letting people around you know. I mean, you don't have to go broadcast it, but just letting people around you know that you are because that's part of the healing process is is talking about it openly it's mm-hmm. kind of like an alcoholic admitting they're an alcoholic that's the first step to yeah. dealing with that issue
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what i was going to ask you do you think i mean if that doctor never would have phrased it that way or asked it that way which i think do you feel like that's the way that we should kind of hey, let's just be honest and real with one another. And that's basically what that doctor did with you, right? It's it like, is. Let's it just is. be real.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and the fact that he was a doctor was mm-hmm. part of the thing. The fact that he was a good friend of mine was also part of it. Yeah. Now you say, well, well, why couldn't you admit it with your wife who was asking you yeah. from time to time? I don't know. I don't know. I, I was just not ready to admit that. I was too prideful, whatever the case may be. Um But see, by the time my doctor got involved, my health was a disaster Mm -hmm. by that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps if my wife had asked me at that same time, I might have been willing to say, well, maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But whatever the case was, I kind of had to hit bottom before I was willing to admit it. Mm -hmm. And once I was willing to admit it, then I could get help and get treatment and move forward.
1: Right, right. So I think one of the things you're saying, just to reiterate, and again, to help someone who might be listening is, uh, or to, them to help somebody else, is just that there are some steps to take. You, you went to a doctor. I mean, right. that was a big key step yeah. mm-hmm. to kind of physically check things out. Mm-hmm. And then to figure out, okay, here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Where do I go with this? I think that's great. Be able to talk about it and to, you know, find out about it. That's That's a key part of it. I mean I like the story that I heard about somebody describing this kinda of like run out of gas. Mm-hmm. the car just needs gas and if you just gotta go the car is empty. I mean wow. I have this. Mm-hmm. This is just what I have. Right. Good. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. What so how do you what helped you not the the expectations of people or getting past the I can talk about this? What helped you be able to do that? Well, when I got diagnosed,
2: I was the youth pastor at a church in Amarillo, and it scared me because I thought, they're not going to let me stay here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They're not going to let me be the youth pastor for these teenagers because I'm dealing with depression. And so I hadn't been there more than uh, less than a year at that point. So I walked into my pastor's office just really thinking, I'm about to get fired yeah. when I tell him what's going on. And I did. I I sat there and I explained it. And uh, he came around from his desk and sat down next to me in another chair and said, we're going to do this together. We're going to get through this together. I see. And gave me a hug and prayed for me. And um, that that, maybe that one thing by itself was probably as much— uh, as to helping me move forward as anything could have. It was at that point that I realized that not everybody's going to reject me just because I have depression. Yeah. And, of course, it, it's a lot more open today about this issue of depression Absolutely. Or, or, or whatever health, than it was yeah. 30, 40, yeah. 50 years ago when if you had depression, you were weak, you were yeah. crazy, you were whatever. Right. Well, right. most people don't think that anymore. But there's still that stigma, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, I, people, anybody that thinks that they're struggling with depression, uh, they need to go see their doctor. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay.
2: And and they need to just say, uh, maybe this is it, maybe it's not, but check me out. Yeah. Tell me what you think, and they may put you on some medication. They may tell you to get counseling, which I have done also. Um, They may tell you to just take a break or whatever. Sometimes depression goes away very quickly. Mine is a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but that's not everybody's story. Um, So uh, I can't tell you how many people over the last 30 years that I've talked to, as I've been very open about this, who have said, gosh, that sounds like me. Mm -hmm. And I have said, go talk to your doctor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's good. Do you think, and this is a question for both of y'all, since y'all are both... um, you know, been in the ministry for a very long time. And I think that I have a lot of friends that struggle with, um, you know, whether it be mental health or depression. Um, and like you said, there's definitely seasons in our own life where we've experienced sure. these things. Do you think that we have to be very careful who we tell uh, when it comes to expressing, hey, I'm struggling or, hey, I need help? Do you think that there's – you should identify that there are certain people that you need to run to rather than, hey, you probably should not – from that group. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and I I agree and maybe disagree at the same time. I agree in the sense that at, at least in the very beginning, I, I would be careful who you who, yeah. you who you go to advice for. But that's for a Christian, that is good advice anytime. Could you, yeah. Go to godly people. That's right. That's why I went to my pastor first. That's good. That's good. Uh, I went to my wife first. Mm-hmm. She's the godliest woman I know. Mm. And um, now since then... I have used this in illustrations, in teaching moments, in preaching illustrations, and I'm pretty open about sharing it with anybody. Yeah. But I'm pretty secure too with the fact that I have depression, and it's just the way it is. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't blame God. I don't blame anything. Uh, it, you know, certain situations have made it worse at different times, but. That's life. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. So I think, yeah, at least in the beginning, if you're if you're pretty vulnerable, if you're pretty uh, uh, if you're if you're pretty insecure, yeah, be very careful about who you go to, mm-hmm. um, and and make sure that you're on the path to getting some healing mm-hmm. before it becomes something that maybe gets thrown out there for everybody.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: Yeah, quick, my my quick take on it would be that I think one of the key things that um, I learned early on is I needed a group of people mm-hmm. that I could go to, and th- that's that I could trust, that knew me, that loved me, and to be able to do that. And I think you every I think everybody needs that. I mean, it's why we talk about groups. That's why we talk yeah. about different things. Mm-hmm. That everybody needs that. But I think I think that's a key. And I've i everywhere I've been, I've always had this kind of inner circle group that are folks that I spend time with every week, basically, uh, some format form or another, and that's always been a great go-to for me.
0: It's awesome. John, any closing thoughts?
1: No. Robbie, any colleagues thoughts you got?
2: No. I, I would, you know, part of my therapy is this right here, mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing, t- telling people. Telling people, yeah. Um, If I shut down and didn't say anything, I think it would be worse for me. Now, that may not be for everybody, but I think don't be afraid to talk about it. Just talk about it to godly people Mm -hmm. that you trust, that you think is going to give you good good advice. Love it.
0: Love it. Well, Pastor Robbie, thank you so much for just being authentic and uh, just being open and kind of dissecting uh, this topic. And Pastor John, thank you so much for your time and being here. To the listener today, we pray uh, that it's, uh, that you would just be more open and authentic and that you would find godly counsel uh, to be able to talk about these things that are kind of under the table matters uh, and to bring those into light to where you can uh, let people know that you are struggling. And that's our prayer for you uh, today. We hope to see you next week. God bless.